Hello, and welcome to this A&L Goodbody Soundbite. My name is Clara Gleeson, and I am an associate in the Disputes and Investigations Group in A&L Goodbody. Ireland has just passed new lobbying legislation, the Regulation of Lobbying and Oireachtas Allowances to Members Amendment Act 2023. The new Act amends and strengthens Ireland's existing lobbying legislation, the 2015 Act, by extending its scope and enhancing the enforcement provisions. It was signed into law by the President on the 23rd of June and will come into effect as soon as the responsible Minister signs a commencement order. Over the next couple of minutes, I'm going to briefly discuss the key changes and takeaways for businesses and other organisations that engage in lobbying, focusing on the core themes of enforcement, the widening lobbying net and some practical developments for lobbyists. So, what's actually changing? Well, from a risk perspective, the most important development for lobbyists is the introduction of the new enforcement provisions. In the main, these target the issue of avoidance for the first time. First, there is a new anti-circumvention offence. This makes it a criminal offence for any person, and that includes a company, to take any action the intended purpose of which is to avoid the requirement to register as a lobbyist or the requirement to file lobbying returns. This means that those who seek to evade their lobbying obligations could now be subject to criminal prosecution and criminal sanction for doing so. The maximum penalty will be an unlimited fine and, for individuals, up to two years imprisonment, to say nothing of reputational damage. But the new legislation does not stop there. On top of the new anti-avoidance offence, it also introduces a new regime of administrative sanctions. This applies to conduct by lobbyists that amounts to circumvention only, as distinct from simple non-compliance. What the new law does is empower the existing lobbying watchdog, the Standards and Public Office Commission, or SIPO, to make findings that the anti-circumvention provisions have been breached. Where it does so, it can impose either a minor sanction or a major sanction. Minor sanctions will include issuing reprimands or cautions, whereas major sanctions will include fines of up to €25,000 or prohibitions on lobbying for up to two years, or both. In the case of minor sanctions, this will be subject to the supervision and approval of the circuit court. Even apart from anything else, this will make it a very public matter. Both of these new measures raise the stakes for any potential lobbyists who rely on artificial, sharp or wishful workarounds to sidestep their disclosure obligations. We recommend that businesses that engage with the public sector should review any measures or structures that they have put in place that may fall within the scope of the new prohibitions and carefully consider whether they may breach the new rules. Thirdly, Another area that has undergone change in the enforcement space is the so-called cooling-off period. This is a temporary restriction on former public officials engaging in lobbying on behalf of private interests in certain circumstances in the 12 months after they leave office. The new legislation makes breach of the cooling-off period subject to the new administrative sanctions regime, and this is seeking to remedy the fact that the earlier legislation did not contain any mechanism to enforce breaches of this restriction by former officials. 
The revolving door between public and private sector is an area of particular sensitivity and scrutiny. Employing a former public official who is acting in breach of this prohibition or who was publicly sanctioned by SIPO could cause significant damage to an organization's reputation. So lobbyists should exercise particular caution in hiring or procuring the services of senior public officials who have recently left office to ensure that they do not run afoul of this provision. So these are the changes on the enforcement front. But there have also been changes which broaden the net in terms of who and what can qualify as lobbying. And these are designed to close a number of perceived loopholes in the 2015 Act. First, up until now, representative organisations who promote the interests of their members, such as industry associations, and advocacy bodies, such as charities, have only been subject to lobbying registration and disclosure requirements if they employ at least one full-time employee. In other words, organisations that operate on a purely voluntary basis have been exempt. The new Act addresses this by adding a new type of lobbyist. Now, any representative or advocacy body can qualify as a lobbyist, even if it does not have any employees at all, provided that any one of its members would qualify as a lobbyist if they were to lobby in their own right. In practice, this will mean that many businesses that channel their lobbying activity through member organisations which are currently exempt from disclosure requirements will find that these organisations will now be obliged to disclose their lobbying activities. And in another innovation, they will also be required to disclose details of their membership. Secondly, up until now, even where representative or advocacy bodies did qualify as lobbyists, there was an important exception available to them. If the communication at issue was made by an unremunerated office holder within the organisation, it was not registrable as lobbying. And this would very commonly bite where an otherwise in-scope body's lobbying activities were led by unremunerated or volunteer board members. This exception has now been removed, meaning that all communications by such bodies will now fall within scope. Finally, from a compliance burden perspective, there has been one positive development for lobbyists. A practical difficulty, which often arose with the 2015 Act, was that it only provided for permanent deregistration from the lobbying register. As such, infrequent lobbyists were required to file nil returns on an ongoing and essentially indefinite basis. The new Act alleviates this difficulty by introducing a facility for lobbyists to deregister on a temporary basis. Overall, the new measures are welcome in that they are designed to ensure greater transparency regarding influences on public decision-making. But they certainly create greater exposure for lobbyists, and all those engaging with the public sector should heed the new rules. I hope you found this overview helpful. If you have any queries or would like further information on the new law, please don't hesitate to contact me or any other member of our lobbying team. Thank you for listening.